Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at Stay on Target Podcast. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about Star Wars and Bungie. Bungie and Star Wars. Not together. Bungie's not making a Star Wars game. Man, but wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, it'd be better than what's happening now <laughs> with uh, that franchise. Which which franchise are you talking about? Both, either to stick one around them. to find out. Both of them. <laughs> um, so, uh, sorry, I just crapped all over Bungie uh, no, no, and, no. and Destiny 2. I, I think it's probably in a good place right I now. I actually, like, I have been really itching to get back I into know. Destiny. It's well, just, it's just yeah. one of those things. I don't want to grind, you know? I, I, I don't want to grind either. I don't know. I, I I mean I'm doing I'm doing I have way too many other things. This is true. Also, if, if I do not finish Red Dead, Josh Fulton is going to kill me. <laughs> I really think I think like he's reaching that 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 edge point where like yeah. He, and the thing is, I haven't finished it either. But like the the uh, the hate towards me has not been nearly no. as like as no. vehement. You know, he's, he's not uh, as urgently awaiting me to finish it. It feels he's urgently awaiting you to finish it. Feels way more personal with me. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm starting to fear for my life. <laughs> I mean, by by the second time, you know, there was a a note with you know stuck to your door with a knife that said yeah. "Finish Red Dead Redemption." A dagger. Yeah. <laughs> no, not even a knife. A dagger. A dagger. Yeah. It Actually, to... it was a bread knife. So I don't know how he got. He <laughs> had enough force to get that through the door. That's frightening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no, that's true. No. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about all that later. So we won't have a news segment, because that is news. That is the news. But we are going to do Pick of the Week. Yeah, that's right. But we'll do that in a second. In a second, yeah. So, John, what have you been up to this week? Oh, man, it's been a minute, because we uh, we recorded early, so I can yeah, do Yeah, we didn't tell anybody that. No, I realized after the podcast that <laughs> we, we really didn't that, say no, it. No, we should have said. Yeah, we were recording that. The, we recorded both of those episodes the same night. Yeah. But we, like, didn't say it. So did anyone notice? I don't know. You know? We're doing the same thing this week. Uh, that's Next right. Next week's is going to be recorded the same time as this episode. That's right. Only you can't hear it until next week. That's right. It's, it, I mean, yeah, we're, jerks. We're, we're just holding it back from you, you know? Yeah, filthy animals. <laughs> so that's because of your travel um, going yeah. you know, to Cali for work. So No. No, not for, for work. For, uh, for funsies. Fun. There it is. Yeah. I like it. That's the best kind of travel. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, al- always. <laughs> you mean the chat travel <laughs> that you choose to do on your own? <laughs> For fun things, yeah. yes, yeah, that's a hundred percent. You know the most uh, the, the fun stuff. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll be recording two episodes tonight. Um, but for the last couple of weeks, like we went to Disney, we went to Disney uh, Disney World uh, first time for for Desmond, and so that was awesome. It was amazing to uh, to have him meet Mickey for the first time. Nice. We stayed in like a new resort that was on the monorail loop. I mean, I, it was it was a really awesome trip. Um, and so that's why you ran races. Ran a race, yeah. I ran the half marathon down there. Met a lot of characters. Took a lot of selfies with with Did lots Catherine of run? characters. She ran the ten k. How come you didn't run the ten k? Uh, because I was I had Des uh, oh, at the time, so we like makes me sense. and him spectated. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. For it. Yeah, it, was, it was which was awesome. Yeah, and uh, and then I get it. She yeah. did the same for me. Like I saw her like. On that course, like I saw her like four times, which was pretty awesome. For a like 10K. A, yeah, or for a half marathon for me. Um, oh, you were talking about on the half marathon. Yeah. I, uh, we were only able to see her twice, like okay. with the start and the finish. Yeah. I saw, her, I saw them at the start. I saw them like two times in the middle and then one time at the fi- I mean, three times in the middle and then one time at the finish. So nice, five times nice. total, which was pretty awesome. I mean, the so. course is pretty compact. So 
And whenever you get into like Magic Kingdom, uh-huh. it like loops on itself a couple of times, and so yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it, you can kind of like, oh, I'm gonna go right over there, or I'm gonna go over there, and, yeah. you know. So yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. So that's awesome. That's it, cool. Was it, it? What was the weather like? It was nice, like really cool early, and then the last day was super warm, nice. um, which was great because like we we did like the pool with the, with the water slide, and uh, and that sort of thing. So I was able to get out into the pool. It was like eighty degrees the last day. That's awesome. And I wish it was eighty degrees here. That was here. pretty amazing. Um, yes, I I agree wholeheartedly. Agree that I like. I'll we got what. back here and it's like thirty seven degrees, and it's like. Man, if it was just like ten degrees warmer, yeah, I'll tell it you, would be like you can like I can I can stand to like do activities. This is a swap I would take though. I would be okay if it remained cold, if we could just have the sun out longer. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Stay but, light longer. But Chris, that's not how nature works. No, the axis of the Earth, like it's, it's tipped towards the sun. That's summer. Yep. You know, and away from the sun, that's winter. I get it. So you know, I just don't like it. <laughs> Uh, I do want to snow at least once, though. It hasn't snowed yet this year. Agreed. Uh, in Nashville, anyway. Like, it snowed, right. uh, like, oh, everywhere yeah. else. Everywhere else. Like, literally everywhere. Like, I feel like it snowed, like, south of here at one point as well. Um, mm. but yeah. The, uh, on the trip, true to form, loaded up my Switch with a couple of games. I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna be, you know, gonna be great. And then proceeded to play none of them. <laughs> um, that's, that's kind of, yeah. like, the thing. Like, I, I feel like I do that, where it's like, I oh, do man. that, too. But um, what I did do was pretty awesome. I uh, I actually got the Comixology Unlimited uh, membership. Like you have yeah. a, a free trial. Yeah. And I read through a bunch of comics. Like I've, okay. been, I've been doing some comics. Okay. Uh, some of their their older graphic novels. That's what I say. Okay. Tell me how that works because to me it seems like it's just the backlog that you get access to. It's not there aren't new comics in there, right? So there aren't new comics in the unlimited portion. Okay. But I will say DC just added a bunch of stuff to it and like there are like some here's the first volume of the current run. And okay. so like That's you cool. know so it's like oh this this you ends could, off catch up in or like yeah, it's like, oh, this ends off maybe 10 episodes or 10 issues ago or whatever. Like, so it's like whenever the graphic novel comes out, like it'll, you know, yeah. it'll hit there or whatever. So you can kind of like get into whatever the current run of like Black Canary yeah. or uh, or Batman or like whatever it is, which is really cool. I proceeded to read some stuff like on the Marvel side of things that I hadn't read before, like Ms. Marvel. I read some of that, read uh, some of uh, Captain Marvel, um, some more of, uh, of that series, like where I, I dropped off or where my last graphic novel kind of ended and yeah. I haven't picked up the other one yet. Um, I also revisited Batman Black Mirror, um, which was, uh, Scott Snyder's first, um, Batman run in the DC universe. And man, that thing is scary. Like I, it's a, it's a great, it's great. Like it's amazing. But like, there are some like, like Jock did the art for it and Jock's art always is like unsettling and like, you're like, Ooh, let's, you know, this is really like grotesque in some moments. And so like, it's anyway, but it was, it was, I was reading it like late at night there at the, on the the vacation. I was like, Oh my gosh. He has a very, like he uh, draws buildings in the very like Victorian style. Yeah. And then like whenever he does have like a monster or like some sort of a scary element, like he doesn't stay true to like, like the right, physical form is larger just like, than life. It's and, like this is really like it can be lumpy or like he yeah. like the way that he like does the brush strokes or the the pen strokes like it's like ooh this is like unsettling like yeah. makes me you know kind of like ooh I don't know makes your skin crawl just looking at it yeah um which yeah anyway I that that one is is one of those where I'm like if you like kind of horror esque things and you like Batman that was a really cool run so I I'm I'm 
really enjoy that run. So, nice. um, but yeah, I, I read a lot of comics while I was gone. So, nice. and I also love that that's a one-handed activity, like yeah. on your phone, like with the comicsology thing. Yeah. I I agree. I uh, the part I dislike is having to move back and forth mm. from portrait to landscape mode. Yeah, and I realize that's how they draw comics. It's like that's it's hard to get away from that. It's just frustrating to like go back and forth. Yeah. all the time. Yeah, um, and I will say like the way that they do that like guided view. Yeah, like, there are some comics and some publishers that, that do it better. Like I, Ms. Marvel did it really well, where like it was it was close enough to where like I didn't have to like squint or like pull the phone closer to my face. Whereas like sometimes with um, some of the DC stuff, I've had to like pull the phone closer to my face because I'm like, oh, that's still too small, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So they yeah. kind of put two frames in one uh, phone screen rather than just one at a time, and I would rather have it be like a little bit closer. So yeah. I agree. Yeah, but I really enjoyed uh, enjoy. I'll probably keep the Comicsology Unlimited for now, like until I read you know some of the other things that are in there that I've been wanting to read. Like yeah. there's some really cool stuff uh, dug deep in there. Um, Rust is in there. Like you you read Rust on that mm-hmm. uh, this last uh, last year. Sometime, well, if you have so. an Amazon membership, you can get it's not it's not unlimited, but it's like you there are like um, there are. Sp- certain ones that you can just basically rent yeah you're renting these books borrow the borrow, books yeah, whatever that's it what says it borrow them. yeah yeah what have you been up to this week chris so um recently i've been uh watching through well t- t- uh, a couple things we'll talk about a couple things how about that okay i've been watch rewatching through it's always sunny in philadelphia okay i decided i'm like okay i've watched through so many comedy i like i like to watch comedies and watch them multiple times because i feel like you catch things uh, on the second and third pass. So I've watched probably The Office probably four times. Obviously, you know, Seinfeld countless times. I don't even right. know, over 10. Um, I've watched Parks and Rec twice. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? I've, I've, but I've only gone through It's Always Sunny once. Now, granted, they've, uh, they've been on since 2005, and there's 14 ep- or seasons. So it's a lot of episodes. I also feel like it's it's harder like whenever a comedy is is on currently like they're they're still airing it to go back. Like I it's easy to just jump right back in at the beginning like rather or like back where oh this is one of my favorite episodes and then you just watch the whole series right, from, from there on point, out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but well, like whenever it's still on like on the air it's like well you've got one coming out in a couple of weeks or you know next month or whatever you've got a whole new set of them to 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 yeah. watch. So. Well, and that's the thing and uh, and uh, like I'm mean, I'm kind of in this dilemma with Game of Thrones. It's like whenever you wait so long between seasons like you kind of forget where you were. Yeah. Um and so like I mean with I mean the new, uh, final season of Game of Thrones comes out uh in April. And I'm like, I need to, I don't even remember what, what, what's, I mean, I, just I watch one remember. of those videos that's like, here's the, oh, you know, man. yeah, Game of Thrones in 10 minutes. I feel like you miss all the subtleties and, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I would, I would hate, percent you do. like if I was, if I had poured my heart and soul into the, the, that TV series and then people were like, yeah, I just watched the five, five minutes of Game of Thrones thing. Wow. I'm so <laughs> glad that my life's work has been boiled down to those five minutes. Yeah. But at the same time. <laughs> 
like their life's work doesn't have to become your life's work to watch, you well, know, no. where it's like, oh man, well, I've got to watch. But if it's, I don't, I'm not doing it out of obligation. <laughs> it's like, oh man, before I, before I watch the next Mission Impossible, which I'm very excited that they've got two more, uh, you know, coming out with, oh, yeah. with uh, Ralph Corey. Anyway, very excited. It's strange they're filming them back to back, like at the same time, basically. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Anyway, but like, <laughs> I'm not going to watch like all of those, like leading up to the next one again. Yeah. Like every single time a new movie or a new whatever comes out, I'm not going to like, watch all of it. I do understand, though, that it's the last season and like not knowing at all what's going on. That's something that, like. Well, because I feel like, especially yeah. for, you know, Game of Thrones, I feel like they're going to start pulling all the. Because sh- this, is, this is what you do through, through those things. You have. The sprawling stories that go yeah. crazy places, and then the final season, you try to like wrap all those back up. I'm like, For sure, I forgot we, like where all these were. Yeah, like what all the storylines were, and yeah. I'm sure they're gonna pull stuff from like the very very beginning of the show. That and, would be it'd be crazy. Yeah, and then like I realized like other other TV shows like that have like Lost or whatever. Like I wasn't one of the people that was oh I want to watch all of Lost before the next like before the final season or before the final episode or like whatever. But that was like relatively short between seasons, um, aside from like one gap there in the middle where the writer strike happened. Yeah, that but, one was weird for me because we started watching those. This was back on Netflix. We were getting DVDs in the mail. Um, yes. DVD and I started watching through the uh, Lost and actually caught up to Lost as the final season was just starting. Nice. And so like, and we watched the only season we watched of Lost that was live was the final season. That's fascinating. Uh huh. Um, so I didn't have. I had a very like cohesive. <sighs> journey with lost dude season two man season oh, man, two yeah. i think is my favorite season season of lost. two and that's before like because that's they're still setting up so many mysteries yeah and you don't have like you don't have the dharma station like all fully fleshed out and well like that's like right whenever you start discovering like you're starting to peel away at like what was the hatch yeah. and then, like who are these other the others, the others and, like, you yeah. kind of like start putting together all this stuff but it's not fully formed yeah i think you know? like to me like lost started to lose its luster and started to lose its intrigue whenever we finally understood who the others were interesting like when it well yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were no longer. I see th- that they were no longer a threat. Yeah, well, and then for a long time you were wondering, like, oh, is this the Dharma Initiative? Like, is this right. the people from that thing? And it's like, well, and then whenever you like reveals, like, oh, it's actually not, or whatever. Well, spoilers for Lost. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, but like, it's actually like not that. It's this other thing, and you're like, well, the other thing is kind of less intriguing to me than if they were actually like, who was the Dharma Initiative? <laughs> right. Thing? You know, you're like, that was a little bit. So like, yeah, you kind of take a a mystery that's really big and like replace it with a smaller mystery and i'm just like eh, yeah i don't know but yeah uh, I, I agree with you i'm right there with you but season two man yeah that was the jam because they also did weird episodes where like they would have like they would do the whole thing where they would here's the, you know somebody new that we're introducing and then literally like they killed them at the end right. of the episode um, and, which and, I, I love or buried them stuff. alive and yeah. you're like that's amazing Well, because we hadn't seen that kind of stuff on television before right like lost did did things first a lot of things first that we kind of just take for granted in today's TV landscape. That's right. Um, like they, I can't remember specifically necessarily a series that was as serialized as lost in, in a weekly, like normal TV series. Definitely not. Like I know that like they, they, 
people played around with it a little bit with things like like alias or like whatever but it wasn't like it was still like nugget like episode to episode you didn't have to know what happened previously they would tell you what happened previously for like the b plot which kind of carries on throughout the season or whatever yeah but like if you missed an episode you probably didn't miss a ton like you missed maybe one thing but if lost yeah you'd be completely lost for lack of a better i I feel like i feel like even battlestar galactica which was pretty heavily serialized yeah um that uh that didn't rely on episodes as much as lost did yeah I it mean, was all around the same same time right and i think like later on in later on the, probably in the did, run yeah. of battlestar galactica it definitely did but yeah, that's like it, it like the starting out it was literally like oh here we're gonna start this this through line the story and then yeah. end it before the end of the episode so yeah. it's like or like oh maybe there was like a two-pack episode or something like that but like there wouldn't be like this massive thing that you just you miss one episode and you're just done you know yeah uh so i've been watching through uh <laughs> always sunny in philadelphia again um and it's fun to like go back and see like oh yeah i forgot that this joke that they have been talking and, and doing for the past 14 seasons originated here yeah. you know it's 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 real funny to go back and like yeah. see that stuff. That's the thing. Like whenever I like I've watched through Phineas and Ferb like n- numerous times, like probably five or six times, like the entire entirety of the season. Whenever yeah. it was on Netflix, it was super easy. It's off <laughs> of Netflix now, and I'm bummed. Like I, it's on the Disney Now app, but it's oh, like I, man. I bet it's, it's going to be on the uh, the Disney streaming service. I hope so. Um, because I totally why will, wouldn't they? Will they're going to throw everything at that dude. They I want hope like, everyone on everything there. that they have like access to. Where it's uh-huh. like they're not contracted to Netflix or Hulu yeah. to like put this. Like, I feel like yeah, you're right. They're going to throw everything on there. Um, but that show same like, thing. I think where, like, like the freaking Bachelor is going to be on there. I think everything Disney has any kind of like saying is going to be on there. It's supposed to be like they're, the only thing they're not going to put on there is like non family friendly stuff. Like it's not supposed. So to, maybe like, not there's the not, Bachelor. There's not like. <laughs> Well, there's not like R-rated stuff. I don't think on there. Like they're not they're not planning on putting on those those types of shows. It's like so that was the big thing of like oh well, that's well I don't think it's, it's currently not a kid show. like but I don't think currently like uh, like Daredevil that people were like that would be a, like we're oh. not going to reboot Daredevil over there in a few years because they won't put that on there because it's mature. Who, when did they say that? When did they say that it's not it's not going to have mature programming? Yeah, I mean that was a while ago. I, I feel like that could change at any point, but I, I mean, feel like that's dumb. I don't. I feel like it's because you can a great call even either. in Netflix you can you can age restrict that stuff out. Yeah, I mean like literally like there's a control. there's a profile that's for kids. Yeah, like, and you, you can just lock go, the oh, other hey, ones. Let me just go over here to this kids program. Um, anyway, <sighs> but uh, yeah. I Phineas and Ferb same way where it's like they'll start a joke like in season one yeah, yeah, yeah. and literally like they'll be like they'll reference back to it in like season you know four or whatever yeah. and it's like oh that's amazing I, I forgot that that came from there I also started playing through Celeste um great game dude so uh I was talking to Aaron the other day I was like Celeste is such a such a good game and like I I I wanted to play on Switch but I never, I, I kept waiting for it to go on sale and I missed it on sale once over the yeah. holidays. And so I'm like, okay, crap. I think it was Black Friday. It was on sale. I it might have been it. for the Game Awards. Like the Game Awards, game Awards had yeah. all of their nominees like put like put their games on sale. And I was like, this game has never been on sale before. Yeah. So Jeff Keighley was the one to thank for that one probably. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it was free. I don't know if it's free anymore, but it was free at the beginning of the month with games with gold for yeah. uh, Xbox One owners. And so I started playing it. Um, I had also like, and this sound, this is weird, but I you, I think you talked about it so much that I was just kind of like, I can't like I feel like it's been hyped up so much <laughs> that it can't be that good. Yeah, uh, but it's real good. Yeah, it's. Um, I was wondering if I had hyped it up too much, like or whatever. But I like, mean, it was probably on the verge of it, but not <laughs> not not too much necessarily. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I will say, I mean, cause I, I'm, I'm in the same boat with platformers as you are with puzzlers. <laughs> yeah. Like, they are not my thing, really. <laughs> I enjoy them, and I enjoy things like, I, you know, I played through Hue last year. Yeah. Uh, but that had puzzle elements to yep. it. This does too, kind of, but it's more like, how do I figure out how to actually platform through this? Yeah. But it comes down to the execution that I, I just don't, a lot of times, do not enjoy dying so many <laughs> times to execute the exact moves I need to. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Um, that's just like a personal preference thing. Makes sense. Um, and so first few, I think I'm in the, I'm in the beginnings of the fifth level. Um, and I think, like, because I was like, oh, do I ever get better, like, m- better abilities? Apparently in episode, or uh, somewhere around chapter five, you can tell yeah. me if I'm wrong, spoilers, yeah. you, know, you get a double jump. Yeah. I'm like, well, that would have been great yeah. a couple levels ago. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like they're just going to make the puzzles from here on out harder that require a double jump. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, that yeah. happens, like, where it's like, oh, well, you know, now you have the double jump. We're going to start, like, working yeah. around that and, like, making it a little bit, like, more challenging. When do I get it? At the end of the episode? Or the, the uh You'll get the it somewhere chapter? in the middle, in the middle. Like, because, like... Man, the Fantastic Wave, like, where they, that that moment specifically, they, like, ramp it up and they're like, okay, now you can go. And, like, so, like, there's a moment where, like, it kind of, like, breaks free of itself and, yeah. like, you just feel like, ah, oh, this is great. Yeah. Um, and then it makes it harder again. And then it's really challenging near Ugh. the end. Like, the last climb is literally, like, one of the things that you just, well, it's and- one of those feats in gaming that I'm so, like, happy that I did on Switch yeah. and didn't have any assists for. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have assists on. No, that's um, great. I'm I'm happy. About I did that. you do the um I did I found the the Pico system, like the it was basically yeah. the uh the version that was developed as a uh prototype for the main game. Did you beat yeah. that? Uh I haven't beat that, no. There's an achievement. I beat it. Ooh, there's nice. Achie- there's an achievement for it on uh once I found out there was an achievement for it, I'm like, I'm You're like, this. I'm into this. Yeah. yeah. The uh, funny thing about that is, like, they built that game. Like, that was the prototype for it. And Pico 5, like, I was listening to, um, I think, kind of funny Games Daily. And Jared Petty was talking about Pico 5 is, like, it's a console that they, like, it's a console emulator. It's an emulator of a console that never released. <laughs> so there's, like, people have said, okay, well, here's what the hardware specs would be, would yeah. have been for this device. Yeah. And it's really easy to, like, game design for and really easy to, like, work through. And, like but it doesn't exist. It's just yeah. an emulator. And so like, that's what they designed the original like prototype for Celeste in, which I, I didn't know at the time, which is super cool. It's also strange having uh, listened to the soundtrack a lot <laughs> and then playing through the game yeah. after the fact. That part's, that experience is weird too. Yeah. Cause like music that I like may have associated differently, mm. like different environments or feelings are showing up. And, that's like, really interesting. That's weird. You know, um, that's something I hadn't, I don't think I've experienced with a game before. Maybe with a movie I have, mm-hmm. but not with a game. Yeah. Uh, that's fascinating. But I still love it. I mean, it's just a great soundtrack. It's so good. Uh, I, I do now wish that I had gotten it on vinyl. Yeah. Uh, back whenever you got it on vinyl. So it still exists on vinyl. It's not I can't the same. Find it. It's not the same colors. I think it's on, if you go to, uh, Either limited run games or fan gamer. One of those has mm, it. All right, I'll look at um, it. Um, and it's like it's it. it's a uh, it's an ice color. I think that's it's like fine. so. It's like a, a blue. I just want it. But yeah, super cool. Um, what else is? Oh, so what I was gonna say. Uh, because I'm at that point where I'm just like, this is too much for me. I'm basically now, and this is what happens <laughs> with platformers with me. Yeah, is I'm like doing like I'm gonna do one room mm. a day. Because I get too frustrated with it by the yeah. time I beat it, 
to continue. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, that, that feels that feels very similar to me in Puzzlers, where it's like, it just gets to a point where I'm like, I just can't right now, you yeah. know? And so that makes a lot of sense. I um, have to go shoot something in Fortnite now to get my rage out. <laughs> I will say, like, don't be afraid to, like, if you're like, I just need to see the end of this game. Oh, like, yeah, I, definitely. Don't be afraid to add, like, because you can give yourself another double jump, like, through the accessibility, like, where you're right. like, hey, I want to, you know, throw an accessibility thing. I'm never going to finish this otherwise. Yeah. Let me just like give I mean, myself an extra jump, and like yeah. whenever you get the extra jump, you'll have three jumps. Then, so. if I hit that point, yes, I will do that. Yeah, like, but I don't think I like at least right now. I don't see myself hitting the point unless unless I'm only like you know a sixteenth of the way through this game or something. <laughs> no, ridiculous. you're you're close. Uh, the, you know, like as long as I'm making progress. Now, if I got stuck on a level for ages and ages, mm-hmm. um. But I don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah. The other night, I couldn't sleep whenever I got back from vacation. Like, I woke up, and I was like, ah, I can't sleep. And I was loading up Fortnite, but it was literally during their, like, outage time, like, during their (laughs) reset, which is, like, 4 a.m. or whatever. But, like, and so, like, I was like, well... Celeste. And so then I played through the first level, uh, first like chapter of Celeste. Nice. Got everything. Got all the strawberries and and got the like there's a, a gem, like a secret gem that you can get in each of the each of the chapters. Yeah. Um it's fascinating. The thing that if you go back for all of the strawberries or go back for things, yeah, they have like checkpoints and then you can see yep. which ones you got and which ones you didn't get in the pause menu. It's really like it, they did a really good job of like making this okay, so so you want to go get everything. Let's make it able you able to do that. Let's yeah. Equip you to do that. Yeah, th- that's been super helpful um, because, like, I, I, I would not want to play through all these levels from the very beginning just to find something at the end. You yeah, know what I mean, um, and uh, I've used that a couple times. I haven't. I will wait and go through the whole thing. I think, and then go back and get something. Yeah, that's um, that's what I would do too. Because I think, like, I don't know if there. I don't think there's an achievement for getting all of the strawberries. I think there's a like, oh, you get a certain number of them. There's an achievement for it, but I don't think like you if you get all of them on I'm Xbox. Not sure. There's not. I don't know. I'll have to look and see. Yeah. If there I, is, I'll probably get them all. But if there's not, I might not. There's a lot so. of secret achievements. So I and I haven't looked those up. So like, that's. I, I mean, I don't want to get spoiled, so that's why I haven't. I will look them up and okay. I will yeah. I will report back. Yes. Mm. Uh, because I would assume if I'm making this game and I'm putting achievements in, I would put an achievement for getting all the crystal hearts, getting all the B-sides, yep. and all the regular hearts. I mean, that would make sense too, yeah. And then like the... Or strawberries, yeah, sorry. Yeah, strawberries. The... Uh, it just depends. Like it depends on what what strategy they take. But yeah, like literally, I love at the beginning as well. They're like, "Hey, you know, the strawberries. You're good to brag to your friends about the strawberries, but they don't mean anything for the game. You know, yeah. Well, I the mean, game. they don't. So. I mean, most things, most collectibles don't in games, right? You know, the intel that you find in Call of Duty <laughs> never had any kind of impact on my gameplay. Yeah, that's right. Whereas, like on Bioshock, it's like, no, I have to collect everything. Oh, definitely. You know, and I still have that plan to go through that game again. Um, but that's awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Like that's the other thing. Like whenever, whenever I st- started playing it, I was you were like, but will I enjoy it? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I think so. Yeah. And then that's where I'm at right now. Like, and I'm glad. Like again, I've enjoyed. I've really enjoyed it up to this point. But I'm hitting the point where I start. Getting frustrated with I will platformers. Say, I think that that chapter is the hardest chapter. Like a lot really? of people are like, oh, the final chapter. I'm like, okay, well, maybe the back, like last section of the final chapter. But like that, that chapter felt like it was the hardest one to me. Yeah. Um. So I'd have to go back to my stats. There's just and see. so many ways to die. Yeah. And um, some of it is like, and this is the thing about platformers. Whenever you start putting things in, like the uh, I don't even know what, what they would be called, the bubbles that shoot you off in different directions. Mm-hmm. And, 
and some of them actually like f you fly along with them and you have to hit it's just the mechanics of it yeah. that are different that um and they're hard to control sometimes it's like it's not an intuitive some of it's not intuitive game design mm -hmm. you know where uh because like say you jump into a bubble and you don't press anything like you're not pressing in a direction it it basically like uh chooses for you yeah and it's like okay well that's <laughs> you know at least do something like where i can like okay the last direction that you were traveling or something like Maybe, that that's yeah, not yeah. what happens yeah, so yeah. it's like i don't know there's, there's some things i'm like okay well, this is a disconnect in my brain what i expect it to do and what it actually does yeah, yeah. um i still think it's a great game but yeah there's for a a person who is easily frustrated by platformers those are the things that frustrate me. It's interesting, like it is like at, for this type of platform because it is like I think the the weird like term is platformer where it's like oh you just die a million times but yeah. it resets immediately like super fast so that way it's not you know it doesn't punish you. Yeah. Um. The this game is the most accessible accessible one of those that I've ever played. Yeah. Um, where it's like Super Meat Boy. It's like, ooh, there reaches a point where it's like, ooh, I don't this is yeah, this Super is Meat Boy real, is super hard too. Real hard. And it like and it rubs your face in it a lot. Where it's yeah. like this one is like, okay, we're gonna try our best to like, you know, give you checkpoints whenever you need them. There's only like two points in this game where I thought that the checkpoints were too long. Yeah. Um and uh and you know it's just like there's just small little itty bitty things. Was one like of that. them uh the final uh the part that wind level uh well, yes and then also at the end of chapter three there was one that's what i'm i think that's the one uh, level is that the it? one where the where uh, end of chapter four is something wind. is after you at and one of them oh that's the yeah one. that's three yeah that's the, the end wind of chapter three yeah the end of chapter three i actually didn't have a lot of problems with the one that's after you the one i have problems okay. with is whenever things are randomly shooting at you your location in mm -hmm. the wind that's mm -hmm. the that's that chapter four yep. yep yep that one that one's another one but like again like it's just like well you get, you get better and you you've yeah. I, I beat it like you beat it obviously but yeah. you know it's like it's just one of those things where it's like it was a little bit it was like three or four tries too many you know or it's like eh. yeah uh so. yeah just super meat boy i never finished and i never will like yeah. i you'd have to be i don't even know who who can possibly finish that <laughs> well and it's it's so like this game like the story like drives you forward like where you're like yeah, okay sure. i want to know i want to know what the end of this is i want to know what the what happens yeah and whereas like super meat boy it's like well i don't really care you know I mean, yeah there's this there's this overarching story but it's like super cliche and yeah. it's like you know derivative of uh super mario brothers right so why do I care? Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, that's that's the thing about this game is like I always I always had a reason to keep like to get up and keep moving, which is really interesting. Like with the parallels of like the story, actually, yeah. you know, where it's like it, the gameplay mirrors what they were trying to talk communicate via the story. Right. And so it's 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 really cool in that way too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I went up to this week. So we're gonna talk about Bungie and Star Wars. Yep. But first, pick of the week. Pick of the week. All right, Chris, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week. All right, I don't know if you do. You remember? And I think we talked about it on the show. Do you remember? I think it was last do year. Do you remember? Yeah. What? Do you remember last year? The I think it was last year, two thousand. 17. Yeah. It was 2017. So two so years was two ago. Two years ago. The fire festival that happened down in the Bahamas. Yep. That 
uh, Ja Rule was like a part of. Yeah. And scammed a bunch of people, got you them said all it down happened, there. But it's like the well, the people went down there, and then like you know they they were posting on social media all these. Um, uh, you know, there was like no food, no place for them to sleep. They were all in FEMA tents. They were supposed to have gourmet chefs preparing their food, and they were getting uh, cheese sandwiches. There's a documentary. So uh, this is confusing. There are two documentaries coming out, and as as of time, as of this publishing of this podcast, there are two out. Netflix has been advertising and producing one. Alongside, coincidentally, you find out in a different documentary from Hulu. Uh, so they have been producing, Netflix has been producing this one about the Fire Festival in partnership with Vice Media and the same marketing company that marketed Fire Festival. Wait, 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 wait. So Fire Festival, like the, the people who were marketing for Fire Festival, like, hey, come to this festival. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. You're going to eat all this great food. And then you get down there and you're like stranded on a beach inside of a tent. Yeah. And it's terrible. And then they make a documentary about that experience. They've been co-producing this with Netflix, and go, "Hey, come check out the disaster yeah. that we were a part of." Uh huh. Basically, and um, we want to profit off of it now. It's it's directed like they're profiting by, off of their own failure. Like, basically, it's prof. It's it's well, and it's well, the thing is, it wasn't that they were hired by. Um, the Billy McFarland is the guy that this, this, that the documentary that I'm, that I've seen focuses on. And he's the mastermind behind this basically. Um, and so, so you have this thing that Netflix has been, um, been teasing and has been producing and we know it was coming out, uh, on Friday, the 18th and separately Hulu produces a documentary about the same thing. <laughs> And stealth drops it the Monday before. Yes, <laughs> in order to uh, jump the gun on Netflix and to get it out there and tell like the side of the story. They basically have the guy who wor- used to work for the company yeah. uh, that marketed it, and they have that dude who was tasked with marketing the event in the in the Hulu uh, documentary. It's it's called uh, Fire Fraud. It's F Y R E Fraud. Uh, I think the Netflix one is just called Fire, F-Y-R-E. And and the Hulu one actually has um, Billy McFarland in it. Wow. Whereas the Netflix one doesn't. Now, the method in which they got him, I think they paid him. Because Netflix, the Netflix producers made a big deal about how, like, we actually don't have any interviews with Billy McFarland because in order to do the documentary, he wanted us to pay him, and we didn't want him to profit off of his... Uh, what happened? I think. Yes, but you're okay with the marketing company uh, behind it profiting. Hundred you know? percent. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is hypocrisy at its <laughs> finest. That's uh, very strange, man. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so twisted. So, but like, I but so I'm actually glad because I was sitting there watching. Basically, it's an hour and a half of your jaw dropping on the floor multiple times mm. on how how. Uh, pathological of a liar this guy is and how big of a scam artist he is. Not only with this, they go through basically like other things that he's done up to this point and to the point, this is kind of spoilers, but uh, he's in jail now, but like they... (laughs) I love it. From the time that he gets uh, uh, arrested and out on bail, 
they start talking, and this is how it kind of went goes through the whole documentary. And they start, you know, they're talking about everything he's, you know, like just different things he's still doing. And in my mind, I go, how does he still have money? Well, then they answer it. He's using an alias to scam more people out of money in order to have money after being out on bail for scamming people. It's just like it's like a, a, it's like a. <laughs> He's, yeah. it's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a scam artist. That's like what he does. He can't make money legitimately, apparently. Yeah. You know, like, uh, it's crazy. So anyway, I, I suggest, I would suggest watching it in the order that I watched it, I think. Watch the Hulu one first. Yeah. I think it, I haven't seen the Netflix one. I'm going to watch it tomorrow when mm-hmm. we record this on, on Thursday night. Uh, I will see if it provides some additional perspective yeah. on the Netflix one. I feel like it will. Yeah. But man... It's like it's one of those things, you know, like uh, we talk about like the jinx or cereal or, you know, these these things that you're just like, I cannot believe this is real life. Right. Like that's what you get in this documentary. Wow. I will say like the, the the one thing piece about it that I didn't necessarily like, they I, I feel like they're trying to walk this line between making fun of the people who went to this festival expecting a lot. Yeah. Um, these like millennials who, you know, just like, you know, have this that's money kind of to blow bummer, you know? and like. It's and like, I no, they're the victims here, uh, well, folks. Exactly. Because, well, and like, they, you know, they, they kind of go down this line and like they talk about like, well, people were, were um, selling all their life savings, you know, like using their life savings to go down here. I'm like, yeah, maybe that was stupid to do. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they deserve what they got sleeping in FEMA tents with no mattresses yeah. and no food and they, no running water. Yeah, you know what that actually means? <laughs> it actually means that they should have probably gotten what they paid for. Exactly. You know? It's yeah. like, I mean, it because, just cost them more. Yeah. You know, it cost I, them everything. I don't I don't think that they're, th- th- those are two completely disconnected yeah. uh, issues. Right. You know, right. <laughs> mishandling their own money. Right. True. That was stupid, well, but they don't deserve what this dude did to people, them. People mishandle their money all the time, you yeah. know, buy buy things that they maybe shouldn't buy. But like at the same time, like they get what they bought, exactly, like they right. get the the item that they purchased. Yeah, Whereas like, in this case, it's like they didn't, <laughs> and so obviously they're the victim here. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, that's that's that that is a really weird thing. So you know, yeah. So I mean, uh, I mean, again, like I think uh, I don't think it's the reason not to watch it, right? But it's like that's my only criticism of the way that they produced the the Hulu documentary. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's crazy. I, I'm fascinated, fascinated by stuff like that. That's just like real life crazy situations that you're like, how in the I don't understand how how this happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. And I, the fact that there's two of them, the fact that they're uh-huh. on two different like competing streaming platforms, the fact yeah. that like they went about it two different ways, the fact that like I don't know that, that <laughs> know. whole that situation meta story is yeah, crazy. Literally, too. the the like narrative outside of the narrative uh-huh. is like really interesting yeah. to me as well. I really want you to watch them so we can talk about them. I definitely will. Right. Um, my pick of the week, Chris. Totally real life as well. It is a podcast, mm. and it is called Marvel's Wolverine: The Long Night. What? Is not real life. So it's a podcast though that is a uh, like kind of a radio drama esque kind of a thing. Kind of a, that's awesome. You know, serial like kind of thing where that and they uh, it is about Wolverine. So the the synopsis of the like this is this is the trailer episode or whatever they released. Yeah. Um, Special agents Sally Pierce and Tad Marshall investigate a series of mysterious deaths in the seaside town of Burns, Alaska, following the arrival of a strange newcomer a loner by the name of logan coming to your fa- favorite podcast app for free and so it's it's out like the whole thing i What's believe it is called out. Again? Uh, marvel's wolverine 
The Long Night. Um, mm. The reason I actually encountered this was on, I was uh, perusing the new releases in comics world, uh, trying to figure out like, hey, what, what do I want to, uh, what do I want to you know, read? And yeah, there was so a, I search for Wolverine, The Long Night. That's the one. Yeah. Um, the uh, but like there's a comic that they're releasing, a five episode or five issue comic that covers this story as well. So like it's it's kind of this, that's and they were like it's based on. I was really intrigued by the comic, uh, and I was I was like based on the the popular po- hit podcast, and I was like what popular does, hit podcast? How, do, how does the comic fit into the podcast it's the same story just retold in a different medium i have no idea it is i it seemed like it like that's what it seemed seemed like it was but huh. i have yet to uh to, to finish or anything but it's yeah so check so it, it out like, yeah it looks like there's 10 episodes yeah check it out it's uh i i'm very excited about this like because again i like i like comics and i like podcasts <laughs> yeah it looks like it was produced by uh marvel and stitcher it's probably one of stitcher's stitcher pro uh, series that I dig it. they release basically uh, the way that I think that works. So, uh, everyone's trying to all, all platforms are trying to figure out like how do we monetize podcasts on a uh, like, <laughs> like a top top end distribution level. Yeah, uh, the, basically like a you, streaming service. You kind know, of was like okay, let's take a a Patreon esque or streaming service approach to podcasts from a uh, platform level, and so it's like, well, you subscribe to Stitcher Pro, and you can really get these episodes as they release, or you just wait for it all to come out and drop all at once for free. Yeah. I'm like, I can wait. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like maybe I can wait. You know, <laughs> you know. Uh, this is the thing. This is where I stand. I'm like, I will totally, and I do. I will, I, I'll totally uh, pay someone on Patreon to give me exclusive episodes early. Oh yeah, but I don't want to pay Stitcher to give me episodes early. Right, uh, and that's the other thing is like, I like I like the idea of Patreon where it's like, oh, I'm supporting like these yeah. creators that I enjoy or even if i was supporting like say who at marvel I mean, yeah. if the money was going straight to the creator makes sense. not to this distribution platform right yeah that makes sense um it's 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 the similar thing of like youtube and they're like youtube red or like yeah. whatever you yeah know? it's like ah, i would rather just like support the individual channels that i like rather than right. you know yeah like the twitch platform. style or yeah. um i don't know what's another good example of that just patreon in general yeah yeah, I like the, I love the Patreon model. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good one. Fantastic, it's a good. Um, one. But yeah, so yeah. check out the the Wolverine. I'm going the long, to. I, it's like, have it, you listened to it? I've listened to the trailer of it, like okay. a three minute like trailer. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in. Yeah, these are all. Um, they look like they're all about thirty minutes long. Which is yeah, that's why I didn't like dive in immediately because I was like, it was. Uh, I, I was like, oh maybe I, I have it downloaded because I was like maybe I'll listen to it on the flight, but I ended up just reading a comic on the flight. So it's the first, like, I'm going to read the synopsis. Following a string of mysterious deaths in Burns, Alaska, special agents Sally Pierce and Tad Marshall arrive to investigate. They soon find out there's more going on than meets the eye. The first scripted podcast from Marvel, starring Celia Keenan-Bolger and Otto Asando as agents Pierce and Marshall, with Richard Armitage as Wolverine. Yeah. Also featuring Scott Adsit, Bob Balaban, Zoe Chow, Andrew Keenan Bolger and Brian Stokes Mitchell. I don't. I don't recognize, recognize most the, of those. But yeah, that doesn't mean. Learn anything. more at WolverinePodcast.com. Very cool. That's awesome. I um, we we talked all, back in the day about that. Uh, what was it? Hunt called? the truth. Hunt the truth. Mm, the Season Halo one podcast. And two. Yeah, the Halo podcast. It was fantastic. It was really good, and that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for here. Where it's like I hope for like it, yeah. it's similar to that. Where it's like ah, it's a nice, it's a. Written like not it's not real drama. life, not like you know that sort of thing, but it's like hey, this is a, a fictional story that I can follow from beginning yeah. to end. So I love that. Super cool. 
We just did finger guns. That's the way we end. That's the way we end that now. <laughs> you guys Apparently. can't see it, but we just did it. So, in your face? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> oh man, uh, Chris. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's time for the news. The news! <laughs> That got ruined. Hang on. We got to do it again. <laughs> Chris, it's time for the news. That was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 20, 2019, off to a great, oh my gosh. great news it's, start, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, we're only 17 days in, and already I'm like, this year. Uh, yep. Let's see here. Okay, so what do we want to talk about first? <laughs> I don't know. You want to talk about Bungie first? Let's yeah. go with that. Okay, so I need to look up. I feel like or... there's less to say maybe about this one, or maybe there's more to say about this one. I don't know. Yeah, let me look up the, like, I want to look up, uh, I don't want to uh, read a ton of stuff because we can, we can just explain it, but I want to look up uh, Bungie's statement. That's right. It. Yes. Uh, Bungie. So. Activism. This shocked me, I will say. Like it was uh it was one of those things like as I was finishing up vacation like I missed it. Like I completely like was I, it, whenever I go on vacation a lot of times whenever we're out of out of town especially like I just don't touch my phone like for for anything besides the camera or text messages or like whatever. So like this one caught me by surprise. I was pulling up uh you know podcasts and news the day after we got back and I was like, "Wait. Bungie mm-hmm. left?" Activision, like they don't, they're not doing Destiny with Activision anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't amazing. Like what in the world is going on here? I wish we had uh, Josh Fulton on this uh, episode with us because he has a lot of thoughts about it. Um, I went to uh, to lunch afterwards. I'll try to I'll try to express his sentiments and attribute them to him appropriately. But if I, I get like it wrong, it. Josh, like please do not increase your anger against me <laughs> he's gonna like up the game with yeah. the red dead stuff you what? Know? yeah finish red dead you haven't finished red dead and you <laughs> got it wrong on this podcast about Bungie. he's gonna like egg your car or something you know? yeah <laughs> we're painting this really weird picture about who fultron no, is he's not that at all it's like it's the opposite of that it's just funny i love it he would clean the egg off of my car that's right he would like if somebody he sees your egg your car get egged and he's like hey you stop that and then he would take a squeegee and he would clean it yeah that's that's the that's, that's the Josh the, that's the Fulton Tron we know and love. I uh, love it. All right. So yes. So top line, Bungie and Activision have split. Parted ways. I'm, I'm going to read the uh, the statement that Bungie released, titled "Our Destiny." When we first launched our partnership with Activision in 2010, the gaming industry was in a pretty different place. As an independent studio setting out to build a brand new experience, we wanted a partner willing to take a big leap of faith with us. We had a vision for Destiny that we believed in, but to launch a game of that magnitude, we needed the support of an established publishing partner. With Activision, we created something special. To date, Destiny has delivered a combination of over 50 million games and expansions to players all around the world. More importantly, we've also witnessed a remarkable community, tens of millions of Guardians strong, rise up and embrace Destiny to play together, to make and share memories, and even to do truly great things that reach far beyond the game we share to deliver a positive impact on people's everyday lives. We have enjoyed a successful eight-year run and would like to thank Activision for their partnership on Destiny. Looking ahead, we're excited to announce plans for Activision to transfer publishing rights to Destiny for Destiny to Bungie. With our remarkable Destiny community, we are ready to publish on our own while Activision will increase their focus on owned IP projects. 
The planned transition process is already underway in its early stages with Bungie and Activision, both committed to making sure the handoff is as seamless as possible. With Forsaken, we've learned and listened and leaned into what we believe our players want from a great Destiny experience. Rest assured, there is more of that on the way. We'll continue to deliver on the existing Destiny roadmap, and we're looking forward to releasing more seasonal experiences in the coming months, as well as surprising our community with some exciting announcements about what lies beyond. Thank you so much for your continued support. Our success is owed in no small parts to the incredible community of players who have graced our worlds with light and life. We know self-publishing won't be easy. There's so much for us to learn as we grow as an independent global studio, but we see unbounded opportunities and potential in Destiny. We know that new adventures await us all on new worlds filled with mystery, adventure, and hope. We hope you'll join us there. See you starside, Bungie. So there's a lot to unpack. Um, let's start with the general consensus by gamers has been that this is good. Uh, there was a lot of uh, plotting, and even on my own part, I'm like, cool. Uh, like, at least now, whatever influence that Activision has had, in negative or positive, uh, is gone. And I, I at least know that the decisions that are made are bungees and bungees alone. The developer. And, and I think that that's a blessing and a curse in that I think things like the annualized, and I think in, in some other areas, like the annualized release schedule. This is uh, the, the thing is there's so, there's so much said by, about it at this point. I'm going to be pulling from a lot of things. Definitely check out Jason uh, Schreier's articles on Kotaku about yep. it. Uh, and uh, I've also, you know, like uh, Fireteam Chat, IGN puts out that Destiny podcast. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of great stuff to say about it. So probably a lot of things I'm pulling are from there um, in terms of like referencing things. But apparently uh, one of the frustrations that Bungie has had with uh, Activision has been the really having to put out yearly regular content mm -hmm. um, that uh, – and so the – the general kind of consensus is that, like, okay, hopefully, maybe we might get stuff like at a slower pace, mm -hmm. but hopefully, it'll be more uh, quality content because they're not forced into this uh, release schedule yeah. by Activision. On the flip side, uh, then then we can dive in. So that's that's one side of it. The flip side is now any mistakes they make, they can't hide behind. Yeah. Activision and let people throw the because everyone just loves to hate on Activision. So yeah. it's like, man, you know, I, like I think like the Activision leaving their t they're basically a scapegoat for everything. And uh, Jason Schreier even like called out like, hey, I know they're the scapegoat right now, but you know, a lot of the mistakes that were made with Destiny Two were Bungie's decisions. Mm -hmm. And so that's the curse part of it is like mm -hmm. now you actually have to live up to what your your uh, your community expects you. To live up to, yeah, um, or it's all on you. I mean, that's what that's what a publisher does for a developer a lot in a lot of ways. Like a publisher for the developer is that like in between, like it was like, oh, well, we're we'll buffer the money, like where it's like, okay, so let's say you need uh, initial investment, we'll provide that initial investment, and we get like a certain percentage back. Also, it becomes like a situation where it's like, well, we can be the bad guy. We're totally good at that. You know, we're a big corporation. Yeah. It's it's easy to be the bad guy, you know, or, or to like, you can point at us and say, oh, it was them. Hey, you we're know, Activision. Whatever. We're yay. Exactly. You know, or, and so 
in a lot of ways, like that's the role that the publisher can play, and it's it's good at that. It works well um, because that can free up the uh, the studio to take a lot of risks, both with like, oh, we want to take a risk in uh, and do a, a, a gameplay thing this way. Maybe people don't like it. The money from the publisher or the like the, that buffer can provide a little bit of cushion to where it's not like you're on the edge of a knife all the time. Um, and it can also like you know, like I said with the public opinion, like it can play that role too. So it's interesting to see them go this route. Um, last year, I'm not I'm not surprised. I guess like I was like it was shocking to me where I was like, oh man. But then I thought back to last year. We talked about how like they uh, on an Activision's earning call. Activision kind of like was like, well, Destiny 2 underperformed. Yeah. And like it wasn't what we thought it would be. Like it wasn't what we wanted. And like they told that to all their investors. And yeah, then we're not, we weren't happy with how it performed. Right. And then later that day, like the, uh, you know, somebody from Bungie, I think it might have been Deej. It or, like, was, no, it was, uh, it was Luke Smith. Yeah, Luke Smith. The, tweet, the creative director of the game. That's right. Tweeted out and he was like, hey, this game performed, you know, exactly how we thought it would and yeah. exactly what we wanted. We delivered the game that we wanted to deliver. And that's that and kind of just left it yeah. there they're talking about destiny 2 forsaken specifically right and so it just it's a uh, it's it's interesting to see this now where it's like okay that was this difference of opinion between them where it's like oh it's underperformed no it did exactly what we wanted it to do and 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 re-engaged a lot of the core players and now they're split and yeah. so it's it's fascinating to watch that happen yeah the uh jason stryer uh, mentioned that um he said that this deal has been in the works for a while and that, you know, whenever it happened, Bungie's team cheered and popped champagne. And, like they were, uh, yeah. they, they're excited about it because, yeah, I think like number one, you, you not only had, you know, probably like, hey, you have to hit these deadlines. You have to come out and release this here. It has to hit in the fall and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. To the it, point where Activision like brought some of their other like support studios in and they were like, okay, help. there's you need help like to hit this this milestone or to hit our like deadline. Yeah. We're gonna give you this other studio, and it's like that can't necessarily be the best, you know, necessarily well, yeah, thing if you, you're like if you're at odds with your publisher for them to say we're gonna give you this other team to work in there. I mean, maybe or else you know, like I think like I don't know that, that was necessarily a negative. I think that's like giving them. I think I see that as that those are resources that Bungie will not have anymore that's is a good the point. problem that's a really like, good point and so what what took them you know maybe six months to build mm -hmm. is now going to take them twice as long because they don't have two other studios to lean on yeah um but like i, I you know more specifically back to like the uh, the relationship between activision and Bungie, i mean it, it can't not can't be fun and i know they're talking two different languages they're talking about two different things i think but it can't be fun for uh your publisher to publicly tell their investors, we are disappointed in the performance of this game that you're, you're creating, you're pouring your life into. Yeah. And, and I know like whenever Activision says, this is where you have to separate it. Like Activision says, we, you know, destiny Two underperformed. <laughs> That's different. And then, and then Luke Smith comes out and says, well, we're happy with destiny Two. That's not Luke Smith necessarily saying we're happy with the revenue from Destiny 2. Right. Uh, Forsaken. That's Luke Smith saying we're we're happy with the gameplay experience we provided to yeah. our players. Right. And we're happy with the feedback we've gotten from the people who actually played it. And, know, and I think that's thing. that's the that's the I think the main thing with Activision is I think Dustin from I think it was Dustin from uh, Fireteam Chat said it best. Like no one counts money better than Activision. It's true. And you think about like franchises that they've killed in the past, Guitar Hero. 
it, I mean, it wasn't in decline. I mean, maybe, maybe have had had uh, come off the peak and was in slight decline. But whenever they canceled it, yeah. But it was like any other publisher would have, you know, made that game for you know probably. You look at Just Dance. You know, Ubisoft makes Just Dance every single year. I think like if they put it, if, it out on Wii. If Ubisoft, <laughs> yeah, for I know still. <laughs> If Ubisoft there had been making Guitar Hero, they'd still be making Guitar Hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas Activision, like the minute the profits dip below a certain line, they're like, nope, we're making profits, but not enough. You yeah. know? Uh, we talk about like Disney where it's like they like to make big bets and get big yeah. returns. And like Activision is a similar way where yep. they like to make big bets and make big returns. And if they're not making those big returns, right. they want to change, the, they take their money from here and put it over here. You Same know? thing with Tony Hawk. You know, like those were... I wouldn't say that that was uh, whenever it first came out. It was a blockbuster game. Yeah, um, and it kind of tailed off toward the end. Whenever mm-hmm. they had that, like you know, real life skateboard, you could <laughs> do tricks on. <laughs> uh, but, but 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 the thing is, there are still Tony Hawk games out there. You know, like yeah, and so. Uh, and remasters and stuff like that. And they try, like they tried to revive both of those franchises, Guitar Hero and uh, Tony Hawk, in, recently. Like, well, recently, yeah, like, and immediately, it, like they they didn't do well, and they're like, okay, never again. Yeah. Well, it's hard. It's hard to. Re- this is the thing. It's hard to revive something like that because at that point you have to rely on nostalgia. Yep. Because people aren't actively playing your game anymore. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's a little different. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing about about like Activision and Bungie, where it's like they have like Bungie appears to have want the the core of the core, and are happy to have that, right? Whereas Activision is like, no, we want everybody. Like if yeah. everybody and their like best friend across the street and their dog is not playing this game, yeah, you know, then we don't, we're not interested. Yeah. Um. And so like it's it you know the those two different different competing things like tell the story of literally. Destiny 2, like where it comes out and it's like, okay, this is more accessible for everyone, mm-hmm. but there's not the gameplay hooks for the hardest of hardcore to continue playing over time. Yeah. So Bungie's unhappy that like there's not like a, a core dedicated player base playing all the time and and getting, you know, this this uh the the hours up there like in Destiny 1. But Activision is like, okay, well, we now need to continue activating all of those new players that we got in the door. And, like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, there's this push and pull with the way that these games have felt from a gameplay perspective. Right. Well, and I'd love to, you know, and maybe someday we will, but I would love to go back and know what decisions with Destiny 2 were Activision's and what were Bungie's. What were, sure. what were directives from on high from Activision? Well, like, for instance, was the dumbing down of the ecosystem, which I know, like I, I agree that there was, it was too complicated in destiny one, <laughs> but it, it was oversimplified in destiny two at the beginning mm-hmm. was the dumbing down of that ecosystem. Was that a bungee decision or was that a, an activism decision? And maybe it was a bungee decision based on an activision directive. Maybe like we'll never know yeah. probably, but I would love to, to know like what, what were Bungie's mistakes and what were activision's mistakes? Yeah. Um, and, and I don't even know, like, again, maybe the, the reason that this game was so felt so unbalanced was because you had two different visions pouring into it. Yeah. Uh, you had, you know, Activision saying, make it for everyone, but then Bungie's, you know, still trying to figure out, well, how do we, how do we make the, the players who are our core love it and come back every single week? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know. That's a mystery, man. It really is. And like in the Eververse stuff where it's like, oh, let's lock these yeah, things who, that were previously available that? That, in game. You know, let's uh, lock I, it behind a yeah. paywall now. I Random generated loot boxes. And I don't think that will necessarily go away, you know, just because because now Bungie needs the money even more. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
again, we'll never know. No. I mean, um, we'll, we may know, like, seeing yeah, Like, we can kind of possibly. infer things from how this develops True. moving well, forward. And, and if they come out with a Destiny 3, you know, yeah. like, well, but again, like, sure, all the all they're going to do that at that point, though, is uh, react to the, the mistakes that they made, whether yeah. they were theirs or Activision's. Right, right. The uh, the interesting thing that I've seen in among the community is you know people keep making statements like, well, um, now now we'll get like better a better game because Bungie doesn't care about the money. I'm like, okay, I understand that they are the artist, but if they don't care about the money. They will not be in business yeah, I was about anymore. To say, they got to care a little bit about the money. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's so not... don't get me wrong. Like, don't, don't, don't uh, make the mistake of thinking that Bungie's not still trying to make money. Yeah, I think that they may say we're going to do it in a different way. I've even like, what if you know? And I th- think people theorize this. Like, I've seen you know, like articles about like, well, what if they went to you know a uh, World of Warcraft kind of subscription model, like a true MMO. Like yeah. if they were what, like, hey, let's just went, make this a true MMO. Or what if they went free to play and did like a, a Fortnite kind of model? You know, yeah. where you have uh, you download the base game and then uh, you subscribe to each season because like right now the content is in this kind of yearly season model. Yeah, um, where it's almost that. Yeah, uh, where every on week top of the Forsaken purchase. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I could see any of the, them trying any of that, and maybe that's where the the division occurred between them and Activision, like different, like different how thoughts you on monetize that. this, yeah, how, that sort like, of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, and I guess like uh, Activision, like only recently, like have like they've been like, oh, let's do a free trial of our uh, week long free trial of our um, battle royale mode in Call of Duty. But yeah. traditionally, like they are like, no, you pay for the whole game and then also a season pass on top of that, and mm-hmm. that's our monetization. Like mm-hmm. also mar- microtransactions in there, you know. But it's like the main monetization is you buy a full price game. And then you buy a season pass. Mm-hmm. And if Bungie uh, is like, well, we don't necessarily see that as the future of Destiny, I could see where that, you know, some rub would happen there too. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I think we're going to have to wait. Like, I wonder what the situation is with this game. Like, I know that. Will Bungie have to release a Destiny 3 in order to fully be in a situation where they're fully self-published? For, for instance, like Destiny 2 is on Blizzard's store. Mm-hmm. It's on the the uh, the Battle.net launcher. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't expect that Destiny 3 will be. Hmm. I and, and honestly, like, you know, people are like, well, where would they distribute? Would they build a platform themselves? I honestly think they'll probably end up going to like Epic Games Store yeah, or something Epic like Game Store or something You know, like just that. thinking about like the divisions over there and the like they're they they look like they're doing things right over there. If I'm Bungie, I'm gonna be like, hey, I'm let's use your store for a PC at least. For sure. I mean like and that's the other thing like I I don't know when that happens either because like we're they still they already have the roadmap for like through the, where, end, of through the end of this year right and then like so if if they have a portion of their team working on like whatever the next big thing is whether it's a sequel big sequel or whether it's like hey let's do an MMO free to play model whatever um I do feel like they're going to release another one. Like I think it's going to be oh, like yeah. Dest- it may not be Destiny three. It may be Destiny something like or Destiny like complete Perpetual. or Destiny like yeah like where it's like <laughs> this is just or just Destiny you know or whatever yeah. like where it's like it includes. Had one of those. Yeah, but I mean it's just it, maybe it includes like everything where it's oh, like oh this cool. is Destiny one that'd and Destiny awesome, two actually. and we've got like this other stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that's what we all wanted from Destiny two anyway. Yeah, like, that's right. Just add on to the places and. uh 
you know, the things that we've collected in Destiny 1. And that's like... I, Vault of Glass, if it showed back up, I'd be happy about it. It'd be so good. Like, if you wanted to, like, get me back into Destiny Hardcore, you just give me the Vault of Glass again, uh-huh. you know? Um, but, like, it's... It, I do think we'll have another one, and it, I just don't know when that happens because, again, like they've already got the roadmap. Like we just came off of a big development cycle with Forsaken. We already talked about the two studios that yeah. aren't helping them anymore. Um, so it's just Bungie rather than Bungie plus two support studios. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a tough call. Like when that happens, I feel like we're yeah. at least two years out from another Destiny, though. Maybe. I mean, it depends on what they're working. Because I mean, just because they have the roadmap. Doesn't mean they're not not working on something right now. That's true. You know, um, you can have another team in pre-production. I think it would time pretty well with a next generation of consoles potentially if they did something in a couple of years, you yeah. know, two years as well. Like that's the rumors are like, oh, two years or whatever. So yeah. that could I just don't, possibly. I, be I just it. don't know that. You know, and maybe I could be wrong, but I don't know that Bungie has just huge cash reserves. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they recently, I forget the name of the devel- uh Sorry, the investor, but they recently got like a hundred million dollar investment from uh, a company i think there's a mobile dev- a mobile publisher in china china that like bought that. and basically bought into the company we're like oh let's get a couple of couple of shares in your company yeah and here's the a big cash investment right so, so like i mean they're doing you know types of fundraising like that it doesn't imply to me that they're flush with cash you know what i mean like yeah they, i'm sure they have some but i don't know that they are they can develop something for the next two years without either adding on to the current uh, Destiny experience or releasing the new game. Yeah. I mean, you think about Destiny 1. Destiny 1 was cross-generation. Mm-hmm. Like, it came out first, if you remember, on uh, yep. 360 and PS3. That's right. And, I mean, we played, I don't know, I feel like a couple months. Yeah. Or maybe a month. And I don't know. upgraded it, didn't we? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, you could bring your progress over. And actually, it was cross progress was cross generation for a while. Yeah, because like they could, could bring your character to PlayStation. Well, no, I mean not not cross platform, but cross generation. Oh, that's right. If uh, whatever you did on Xbox One, if you booted up your Xbox 360 version, it would update, and that's it would right. like you know, hey, I did the Vault of Glass already. I have all my stuff. Yeah, you know? I think uh, you loot caved it up uh, in oh, your yeah. bed from your bed yep. on your Xbox on 360, 360 for a while. <laughs> that was uh, and like that's. I feel like they could pull something like that again. Yeah. I also think like it would be nice. You could double purchases that way. It would be nice now that like Sony's open to it. Like it would be nice to have some cross progression where it's like, okay, oh man, I can boot up my PlayStation and not have to start over from scratch. Because I have, I have yeah. friends who play Destiny on PlayStation totally. too, so it's like I, I would love to be able to play with my PlayStation friends and with my uh, Xbox friends. Yeah, like, well, that would be amazing. Well, to me, I don't know that I need even cross-play. I don't need to be no. on my Xbox and play no. with PlayStation friends. Just the progression. But the progression, yeah, cross-progression. Where like, yeah, I mean that was that's what kept me from because we have both platforms, right? You know, everyone who's listening probably knows that. Uh, if you. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we have both systems, and I have friends who uh, yeah. play Destiny only on PlayStation. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to jump over there because I have to grind it out again over there. Yeah. So yeah, man. Like that's where I'm at too. Cross progression would be that would be amazing, actually. I think like that would be the biggest. Like that I would, would buy a, it twice. That would be a huge draw. Like it's it would be amazing. All right, I got a plan for them. This yeah. is how they make their money. Okay. Release Destiny three. Okay. It's Cross progression. Okay. So then everybody who has multiple platforms will buy it on Xbox One and on PS4. Then the new consoles drop, and oh, wait, there's a new, better version of Destiny 3. So I buy it again Two more on times. both platforms. Yep. Uh huh. 
I've just now bought the game four times. And then they release like the streaming version of it on your Switch. Yep, and I buy it a fifth time. And I buy it that time too. Yeah. Yeah. That's their plan. <laughs> I just solved all your problems, Bungie. That's what you do. You only demand a small royalty for that idea. You know what? I'll give you that one for free. Okay. It's I like fine. It. I like it. Uh, if you'll just bring the loot cave back <laughs> and call it the Chris Cave. I just want there to be a sign above it, like a little like a little wooden signs tacked up there, the Chris Cave. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I, want it, I want the whispers inside the cave to say uh, Chris is the greatest voice of the generation. I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, Star Wars, Chris. Okay. Wait, hang on. I, I have to rack my brain because I feel like there was one more thing I wanted to say about Destiny. Okay. Uh, Doing the mental checklist. The mental checklist about all the things you talk about. All of the little uh, the little people inside of your brain are uh-huh. scrambling around, like yeah. looking for oh. that little scrap of paper. There, uh, I found it. Yep. Uh, it's a news. I don't, I, I don't want to pull the news story, but uh, I think it was today, actually. Um, the Activision's uh, investors are uh, suing for and claiming that there could have been uh, uh, fraud in the way that they weren't because they weren't they weren't made aware. Oh no! That uh, Bungie was going to be splitting from Activision. Oh no! Before it happened. Oh no! Yeah. But clearly, from that blog post, it's been in the works for a minute. Yeah. Well, I think that's what they're saying. They didn't. If it was in the works for a while, why weren't they made aware of it? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. We'll see. I There's think, a fiduciary I think, I think, responsibility in there. Yeah, they inform your investors. Their... Yikes, dude. We'll see. Okay. Star Wars, There could man. be a fire Festival documentary <laughs> about Activision one of these days. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, uh, now we can move to Star Wars. Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> uh, all right. So the story here, this is, okay. Actually, I'm going to read the story uh, because it's too, it's too much buffoonery for me to uh, even... <laughs> <clears throat> comprehend enough to so chris it's so it's so twisty everyone knows the setup is that everyone knows that uh ea has the exclusive license to publish and uh and develop star wars games um like triple a star wars games and they've uh put out a lot of games so far no they haven't i know that's what i'm saying they've only put out <laughs> two games so far all right so this is from jason kataku jason kataku jason he might, kataku. he might as well be jason kataku or kataku should just be called schreier yeah like. oh man that'd be amazing if they change their name to schreier.com schreier uh, you know? yeah oh my gosh that's when you know you've made it <laughs> <laughs> an entire website <laughs> changes its identity for you Oh man! Um, but, I mean, he's the he's the I reason I like like Kotaku. Yeah. I mean, they have other good people. Oh, they have, you yeah, know. they have, lot, they have anyway. lots of other good ones. But Schreier is like the mainstay. That Schreier is knows. the best games journalist in the world. I'm just gonna say it. <sighs> no it's, disagreement. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is a little bit long, but uh, this is, uh, was released on Tuesday evening. Uh, EA cancels open world Star Wars game. Electronic Arts has canceled it. Electronic Arts has canceled its open-world Star Wars game, according to three people familiar with goings-on at the company. The game, announced alongside the shutdown of Visceral Games back in 2017, had been in development at EA's office in Vancouver. EA Vancouver, a large studio that mostly handles support for a variety of the publisher's games, including FIFA and Battlefront, had been working on this open-world Star Wars game since October 2017, when EA closed Visceral Games. (laughs) Until then, and shut down the game that they were working on. Yeah. The other Star Wars game that we Until wanted. then, Visceral, best known for its popular Dead Space horror series, was developing its own Star Wars game. That project, codenamed Ragtag, was a linear action adventure game directed by Uncharted director Amy Hennig. 
EA Vancouver had been assisting on the project, and when EA closed Visceral Games on October 17, 2017, the Vancouver studio took it over. But it wouldn't be accurate to say the EA Vancouver Star Wars game was the same game as Ragtag. When EA Vancouver took over, it rebooted the Star Wars project entirely, keeping some of the art assets, but transforming it into an open-world game. Yep. Now... I remember whenever they whenever they announced that, like, that's basically what we had... Po- yeah, we, we talked about we it on the suggested. Yeah, we talked about it. We're like, oh, it sounds like, rather than a linear thing, they want it to be, like, a larger open-world Destiny-esque kind of a thing. Yeah. And at, at the time, I, I'd have to go back and look. I, I feel like... See, Amy Hennig had left the project, I believe. No, or no, it was a couple of the directors had left because they uh, were having trouble while working together. And it just felt like the sound like that project was falling apart. Yeah. Um, so they were like, let's just cancel it. And shut down the entire studio. <laughs> yeah. Which, well, that's what you do after every <laughs> argument. <laughs> I mean, like, things aren't going well at this company. Let's just shut down let's the company. shut it down. <laughs> All right. Jumping back in. But it wouldn't be accurate to say that EA Vancouver's Star Wars game was the same game as Ragtag. When EA Vancouver took over, it rebooted the Star Wars project entirely, keeping some of the, the art assets, but transforming it into an open-world game. Now... That project is canceled too. What? (laughs) EA did not immediately respond to a request for comment, although there is an update in a second. EA had not shown any of EA Vancouver's open-world Star Wars game publicly, but the publisher talked about it when it announced Visceral's demise. Quote, It has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, we needed to pivot the design, the company said at the time. Quote, a development team from across EA Worldwide Studios will take over development of this game, led by a team from EA Vancouver that has already been working on the project, end quote. In June 2018, EA announced that it had, been, had expanded its Motive Studio, previously a single office in Montreal led by industry veteran Jade Ray- Raymond, to a Vancouver location as well. That one would also be located in the publisher's large office in Burnaby, British Columbia, as a division of EA Vancouver. On October 22nd, 2018, EA announced it had installed executive Samantha Ryan to oversee Motive. Subsequently, Raymond left the company. It's not clear what EA Vancouver's next new game will be. We've heard it might be a different Star Wars project. Respawn, the Los Angeles-based studio responsible for Titanfall, is also making a Star Wars game called Jedi Fallen Order. That game is scheduled for fall 2019. Fingers crossed. Yeah. It might get canceled too. You never know. Update number one. Out of two. Since the publication of this article, I've talked to several more people familiar with EA Vancouver's now-canceled open-world Star Wars game. This project, which was codenamed Orca, was very early in development, but would involve playing as a scoundrel or bounty hunter who could explore various open-world planets and work with different factions across the Star Wars universe. When EA's top decision-makers looked at their roadmap for the next few years, they decided that they needed something earlier than the planned release date for Orca, according to two people familiar with what happened. So they canceled Orca in favor of a smaller-scale Star Wars project that's now aimed for much sooner, likely late 2020, which also happens to be around the same time that I've heard next-generation consoles will launch. Might be a bit earlier, might be a bit later. From what I've heard, next-gen plans are definitely still in flux. To EA's credit, those people said, the publisher did not lay off anyone as a part of this transaction, the news comes at a time of cost-cutting across the industry at major publishers, including both EA and Activision, as we've reported. Some at the studio also hope that Orca might be restarted after this new project is finished. Update number two. The day after publication of this story, EA sent over the following statement. There's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects. 
As a natural part of the creative process, the great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. We are fully committed to making more Star Wars games that we're very excited about. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn and we'll... That sentence makes no sense. We're fully committed to making more Star Wars games. We're very excited about... Oh, that's... Okay, 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 I get it. It still makes no sense, but it's fine. We're fully committed to making more Star Wars games. That should be a period. We're very excited about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn, and we'll share more about our new projects when the time is right. Yeah. Uh, That sounds suspiciously similar to what they said whenever they canceled Visceral's game, where they were like, oh, oh, the work that the Visceral team did is, 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 we're going to move that over to this other thing. All of those art assets, they still live on, you know, and they'll just be morphed into this new game. So, like, understanding what I just said about Destiny, like, be aware that they still want to make money. I'm going to now make this statement that seems to, at its base level, probably run counter to it. But this is what happens when you prioritize quick cash Mm -hmm. over art. And I'm saying that because, like, it's EA. They have the full might and power of their studio system. They are are one of the largest publishers. Mm -hmm. I would say, like, outside of Activision, they are the largest publisher. Yeah. They have the resources to let them spend an extra year on a Star Wars game uh, that sounded like uh, something I would want to play. Yeah. Now, again, I never saw the the first game that you know that uh, ragtag. You know. Yeah. I never saw that. You know, I never saw Orca. There's like a four second clip of uh, of ragtag, and it looked amazing. Maybe there wasn't that much done, or maybe it was just like you know yeah. that it wouldn't have been good. That, I mean, but I feel like if that was the case, they would have told us that. Like, hey, we were looking at the game, and yeah, it wasn't that great. It wasn't fun to play. Uh, we were going to make something else. What they actually said, though, is very telling. They said what the, this game, what Ragtag is going to be, isn't something that will be enjoyed for years to come multiple times right. by our players. And so we're pivoting to make that type of game. So it's essentially like, oh, the single-player game that you play through once and you're done with, that's not what we're interested in making right now. We're going to make like a games of service or an open-world game or like something we can update live and you'll play for longer. Um, Which means to me like, oh, they want more money from like a season pass or they want more money from like microtransactions. Who knows? And what's funny, like it's like, well, now they want a game that comes out in 2020, which I do too. Like that sounds great. But man, come on, guys. Like all we've got, like EA... Has hasn't been a good steward of the Star Wars license and name, but Chris, they put out so many games. They haven't though, uh, and and again, and haven't delivered on what they've promised. You know, yeah. like they had the license. When did when did uh, can you look up and see when uh, Battlefront One came out? Oh, that's a, yeah, okay. So like they've uh, first they've had the license for I feel like it's been probably six years, right? Sounds right to me. Like that's, I feel like they got it. Back when, uh, close to whenever Disney bought Lucasfilm, and Lucasfilm shut down all of its its game, uh, its game side, LucasArts, and uh, 2015 is whenever Star Wars Battlefront came out. So that was four years ago. So did they? I wonder if they took two years to develop it. That you know, sounds like, right. So 2000, that would be 2013. The news stories. It may be less than I. Well, 2013 would be. That would be six years, because it's 2019. Yeah. 
in six years, <laughs> we've gotten one uh, a um, battlefront a, one, an underwhelming <clears throat> uh, campaignless, storyless multiplayer game. Yep, and a another battlefront that, though it had a campaign, was uh, riddled with. Um, predatory microtransactions. Yep. Which that might be, like, that's probably, when you look at, is that the publisher or is that the developer? That's probably EA's fault. Mm -hmm. But, like, then for for, uh, for Disney to have to uh, step in and say, fix this, that's pretty serious, man. Yeah. And if I'm Disney and I'm hearing all this stuff. it's the only second I'm, game you have. If, like, I, if I'm sitting over at Disney right now and I'm like, what are these idiots doing? <laughs> I Like, how like you have the the biggest property in the world, and you are mishandling it left and right. Yeah, well, I mean, make you think a about, game. It, so uh, this <laughs> put article, out a game. There's a Forbes article that says that the EA and Disney signed a deal all the way back in 2013 to give yeah, so EA six years. Yeah, the exclusive rights to make Star Wars games. So it took, it took them two years to spin up Battlefront One, which makes sense. That hey, let's you know, take two years, like like nail a, uh, a multiplayer game, like no campaign, whatever. And then like oh the next one it's the same game but has a campaign but they don't didn't just stop there they put in the predatory microtransactions that were you know it's like you oh, progress pay basically to win. Without, yeah and uh, and like people reacted very <sighs> negatively to that rightfully so and then EA backs off of that after Disney tells them to back off of it and now you have two canceled games. And you can't tell me that the game, whatever the ragtag game was, that that was in 2017 that that got canceled, and they like now they're saying, oh, the earliest we can get a game out in that like through line is 2020. Like that's three more years. Like if you should have just given them three more years, just stayed on the first game. Yeah, like we could have that game by 2020 <laughs> at that point. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds like they're just being really way too impatient for their own good. I also wonder if if it could be a situation where hey, we need to put out X number of games by this date in order to make Disney happy and maintain the license. And so it's like maybe that whatever timeline they yeah, were looking that's at for that yeah. just wasn't going to work. And that's maybe why people have hope. That's like oh well, if we put out this quicker game, then maybe after that we can do the game we wanted to make. Just put out put out battlefront uh, 3 yeah and with no predatory no microtransactions a good campaign yeah. and the multiplayer stuff and you're good <laughs> uh i don't know man like again as a fan i'm frustrated on the one hand because I just want to play a good Star Wars game. <laughs> yeah, but they've had so many of those since EA got the license, Chris. Um, and on the other hand, you know, from like a Disney's and Lucasfilm's perspective, I, like if I was over there, I would not. I would like. I cannot believe. Yeah. What these people now? I'm. Their studio system, you know, hasn't been in the greatest shape either. You know, like they've had their their production troubles, but at least they've gotten things out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we. <laughs> We've had four <laughs> movies. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, and it's like I feel like we talked about that in the past, like more recently, like a couple episodes ago, where it's like it feels like now, like they've got their hand on the wheel a little bit better than they did, like yeah. you know, three or four years ago yeah. at this point. So as far as the movies go, um, but like it feels like the games, like if Marvel Studios, so Marvel Studios, um, like their games, the Marvel games, uh, they don't have like an exclusive license with a specific publisher. Like they're literally like, hey, uh, Spider-Man PS4, you guys want to put out a Spider-Man game? You guys get to put out a Spider-Man game. Nintendo, you want to publish? 
publish a uh, a Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliance game. Let's let you guys do that. And like they they're coming up with these cool, unique ways to like put out Marvel games. And I just wish that the same were true here, where where Star Wars would be like, oh, uh, Activision, you guys want to do a first person shooter with Star Wars? Let's do that. You know, oh, you guys over there, you want to do a story based uh, Han Solo game? You guys can do that. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, sure. Uh, and, but who's to say that one of the, one of those wouldn't get canceled too? What sure. I, to, to me, what I think is like, I just want like, I just want a good game like to be made. Yeah. And EA has made some good games. Like they know how to make games. Yeah. Um, or that are, they're developers too. Like it, it just, it just, it just seems so driven by uh, making money by a certain point or making en- enough. Yeah, you know, or cra- like it seems like they're like, oh, people like this, let's do that. Wait a minute, people like this now, let's do that. Yeah, you know, and, and Chris got an idea for Star Wars Battle Royale. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, next Battlefront probably will. <laughs> the uh, the thing that a hundred Han Solos drive onto an see, island, and, and I thought was happening with the Amy Hennig project was like, give this to a creator that we trust and who has a passion for this, and um, see what they do with it. And I hope them, that leave them alone. I hope that that's what's happening at Respawn. Like I hope that that you know Respawn like is a relatively new acquisition for for uh, EA. But like I hope that that's what's happening over there. You Me know, too. Like, and, and and I hope that you know. Yes, I also hope that they don't bury this game like they've buried both Titanfall games. Yeah, and then I also think about like the whenever they <laughs> at at. E3, whenever they told us what the name of the Star Wars game was. Um, that was the worst it, reveal. It was it was like Vince Simpel. We all talk about it. We all remember it, though. Yeah, so. Vince Simpel is sitting in the crowd, and then they were like, so what's the name of the game? And he literally just said it. And he, and like, I feel like after that, somebody asked him about, like, oh, why didn't, you know, what? Why didn't you show more? He's like, well, you know, there's, you know, we're, well, there's not a whole lot more to show, you know. It's yeah. so like I'm wondering if maybe that game's being rushed, you know, where it's like, oh, that if that's due in 2019, maybe I feel hopefully like they, they're not being rushed. I feel like they just didn't know the name of that game until like right before. <laughs> they're like, what's the name of this, Vince? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's like, we need to maybe make it, order. Can we just make it like slap together a logo? Nah, nah. I'm thinking of nope. it on the. I'm thinking of it on the plane ride over. No logos. Know? I'm just. You don't need one. <laughs> He's like, maybe if I just scratch it on a napkin, we hold up the napkin. Can we that be the reveal? Is that the logo? The logo's gonna be in Braille. All right, Chris. I think that's that's about that with those two, you know? Yeah, so moral of the story, Activision and EA, those dirty sons of a gun. So, Chris, walk us through. We've been walking through all of our, our episodes. The 300 countdown to 300 has approached the final three episodes now. Like we're on 297. And uh, oh my goodness, are so, we really? So we're getting that close to like we're getting close to like modern no. era, you know. Stay we got to figure out what here. we're doing for episode three hundred, man. This That's is right. uh, this is getting down to. Well, we were down talking to the wire. talking a little bit about it earlier, and uh, yeah, and so we got we got some things in the works. Okay, so um, we are walking through these fifteen episodes at a time. Uh, we are up to two forty one through two fifty. Five. All right, so episode two forty one came out in December twenty on December twenty second, two thousand seventeen. It was our Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle review. Yeah. Are we sure we haven't talked about this yet? 
I feel like we might have talked about that hang one. On, so hang far. Hang on. Let me let me let me double check. Make sure I'm not like I'm not wrong here. Nope, 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 nope. This is right. This is right. This well, is if we right. talked about it before, it was an error before. So uh, here we go. <laughs> hang on. Yep. All right. That's that's where we're at. No wait. <laughs> oh yeah, that's where we're at. All right, we're gonna go back. Jumanji, welcome to the Jungle Review. Uh, I am excited about Jumanji too. Yeah. Uh, I will say I was one of the lone voices for a long time telling everyone that Jumanji was going to be a great movie. That's right. I was excited for you it were. to no end. You were. I remember I, thinking to myself, like, this just doesn't, like, I don't know. I don't know how this movie's going to be. Even yeah, going into the theater. Yeah, you were, you were skeptical. Fultron is even more skeptical. It's true. He literally laughed in my face. Again, this episode is all about just bashing Fultron. <laughs> no, I love Fultron, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was laughing in my face constantly. And after I saw the movie, I laughed in his face. <laughs> I, d- I don't think that actually happened. <laughs> the uh, episode neither 242. I will neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> episode 242 uh, was the best entertainment of 2007. Nice. Oh, we, uh, 17, our, you mean? Our, sorry, 2017. <laughs> Let's say if we were like going back a decade. Whoa. That'd be real funny. 2007, man. That was actually a pretty good year, though. Yeah, that's when we moved to Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, episode 243 was the 2018 entertainment preview and Wonder Woman 2. Talk about that announcement. Game of Thrones and Animaniacs. Hey, wasn't there supposed to be an Animaniacs movie or something? Uh, what was it was that? supposed to be relaunched on Netflix. I haven't looked into that again. Or no, it might be just the, the entire series it was going to, on to Netflix. Will you look that up real fast? Because yes. I think they were going to produce new episodes. I think that was a thing. Man, we should, uh, we should go back more often, call people out on it. <laughs> uh, episode 244, The Rise of Battle Royale Games and Big Movies at Warner Brothers and Fox. So we talked about PUBG and Fortnite. Uh, I think we had just played both of them recently for the first time. That was last last year, this time, actually, almost exactly. Uh, and then what else did we say here? Uh, movie news at Warner Brothers and Fox. I don't know what that was. Uh, oh, uh, go ahead. So reportedly, Animaniacs will return in 2020. Okay. On Netflix? I don't know. Or just in general? Just in general, it will return. Okay. Hopefully, I've got the uh, the original voice cast and everything. That's awesome. Rob Paulson, uh, I think just let me see. Let me, just recently uh, talked about having cancer. So, ooh, yeah. Well, that's uh, bummer. I think, he, think he's survived though. So, okay, that's, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna well, find out. I mean, if he's tweeting afterwards, he's he's definitely survived. Well, yes, but like as in like he's he's won the. It's battle, not like so. it's not like he's announcing it right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, uh, episode two forty five, the Nintendo Labo announcement and Super Mario cereal review. We reviewed. We reviewed a couple serials, um, Superman and Batman serials, and then we reviewed the Super Mario serial. Episode 246 was Sea of Thieves beta and the 90th Academy Award nominations for 2018. Those will be coming up this year sometime soon. Uh, next couple episodes, we'll have have those at some point. I like it. Uh, episode 247 was our Royden Lepp interview for Rust Volume 4, Soul in the Machine, and we talked about Red Dead Redemption 2 release date. That does not seem like it was a year ago. That like it's it's almost been that was in Feb, it was February second. Looked up Rob, uh, Rob Paulson, yeah. cancer free, had throat cancer in uh, in February or whatever last year. So yeah, yeah cancer amazing. free now. It's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so happy. Uh, I, can, I love. Can, Rob can you Paulson, believe that uh, Royden Lepp interview was a year ago? It 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 feels like that was early last year, 
and uh, before things got like wild last year. I and, just feel uh, like for some reason, somehow, like the whole middle half of last year just flew by so quick. Mm. Like, like I feel like the spring was kind of elongated, uh, and then the back half, you know, around like uh, starting around Halloween. But basically, any time between like I, I feel like May, yeah, and uh, when would when would that have been? Um, August, August, yeah, it was just gone. <clears throat> September yeah. probably. I get that vibe. I get that vibe too. Like where where it just feels like the summer was pretty like short, but I, it also in some like, so many ways like so much happened. It, uh, I don't know. know. I mean, a lot happened. For, yeah, I think a lot <laughs> for you guys for sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, not a lot. Not a lot happened. Yeah. It's pretty. It was pretty monotonous. You have to change that. It was a two forty eight solo, a Star Wars story teaser. And Star Wars TV and movie announcements. Very cool. Was that when they talked about their streaming service? Uh, maybe. But no. that, that teaser was pretty great. Like I yeah. remember the the rhythmic hitting of the buttons on the Millennium Falcon. All so right, John. Good. I have a question for you. What's up? When in the world are we going to get the Episode Nine trailer? Infinity War. You think then? Yeah. I was thinking maybe then, or maybe the Super Bowl. Mm. It's coming up. That's possible too. A lot I feel of like eyes. I yeah. They rele- well, didn't they release uh, like Rogue One trailer or something like that inside a football game? That seems right. And we like you know how to get tickets that night or something ridiculous. <sighs> I like that's the other thing. Like I the feel like they do it like that is going to be like I I don't know how I'm going to handle that because we haven't had that since Episode Eight and it's like well even Solo was easy to get whereas. Um, uh, the previous Rogue One was hard. Like that was that felt like another like main episode or whatever. Um, but Solo was easy to get those. Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see how it goes. Well, we also didn't try to go see it in IMAX. Did you? Oh, I didn't review that. Remember? That's right. I was out of town. No, I didn't go see it in IMAX. I really want to say that I didn't get them until like the week of. I do want to see episode nine in IMAX. Yeah, agreed. So we'll do what we have to do. That's right. Episode two forty nine was Black Panther review and rating superhero movies. Uh, episode two fifty was the <laughs> the Cloverfield Paradox review. <laughs> you weren't on that one either. I was. Remember, I. Uh, oh no! Wait. Hang I you, on. I think you were away, and then we were on. No, it, it says later. this week, John, Chris, and Josh. Oh well, then yeah. I guess you were on it because because Josh was sitting right here beside yeah, me. That's I right. And that's whenever right. I said that I actually enjoyed the Cloverfield Paradox review, I thought he was going to stab me in the leg. We are really like Ben Fulger. And I apologize. This is this is not the not the view that I have of you. I don't either. I just enjoy I know. painting it's, this picture like he just flies funny, off the handle all the just time. Just a funny gag. Yeah, because <laughs> he's he's literally the nicest guy in the world, I and I like just imagining like, one of the most like these calm, horrible things know? that are happening. I can't wait for him to listen to this episode and then like to talk to me about it. Uh, because ha- this is what happens most of the time. We talk about things, and then he'll he'll like he'll uh, bring it up, and I'll like for a split second not understand what he's talking about. Like, oh wait, that was the podcast. <laughs> we talked about that on the podcast. That's great. It's always an it. adventure. I love it. Um, episode. Wait. Oh yeah. So we talked about that, and which game console is more consumer friendly? I would assume we said Xbox. I'm sure it's Xbox. Yeah. For some reason, in this in this uh, description, I spelled Xbox, (laughs) X, uh, capital X, B zero X. Oh. One. one. I don't know why I spelled Xbox. (laughs) Gotta go back and fix that, man. 
<laughs> uh, episode 251. Wait, we're going... Wait, have we gone? Yeah, we got to 255. This, yeah. 251, the Nintendo Switch one year later, and Avengers Infinity War, and changes to PlayStation Plus. Actually, that's supposed to happen soon. Yeah, it's happening now, I believe. Is it? I think this is the last month that you can get PlayStation 3 and Vita games on there. So after this, it's only PlayStation 4 games. Pretty sure it's only PlayStation 4 games. I mean, what's funny is they have... Uh, I mean... What's, what's probably happening, you know, this is probably what they're seeing. Uh, let me s- analyze this for a second. Well, let's recap for our listeners. Uh, Sony's not going to give away PlayStation 3 or Vita games inside their uh, PlayStation Plus games anymore. Although I would assume that any games that they give away on PlayStation 4 that are also crossed by with Vita would also yes. unlock the Vita version. You would hope so. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, I bet what they're seeing is people like me who are downloading those PS3 and Vita games. I don't even own a PS3. Yeah. Also, I haven't played my Vita in forever. Yeah, never playing them. But I still, quote unquote, buy them every month. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that they have to pay some kind of royalties to the, the companies. And they're seeing, we are paying royalties for people to literally... Buy these the games digitally hoard for free. Yeah, digitally hoard hoarders like me, uh, and never play them. Yeah. So the value, yeah, is so askew, yeah, that we cannot possibly sustain this. I also wonder if eventually the catalog of PlayStation VR games will be enough to where they maybe offer one of those for free. We've every talked month. about that. Yeah, I feel like, like that would be a good reason. Like if I had a bunch of free. Uh, like that was one of the reasons why, like, why Vita was so appealing to me. Like, why I ended up pulling the trigger on that was because I had so many free Vita games that I'd been grabbing over True. the course of like a year, and uh, I mean, and they don't care up, anymore about that, right? And ended up pulling the trigger over on the buying a Vita. So like, it would do the same for VR, where it's like, oh, if I literally just pay the baseline cost of a VR headset, maybe a Black Friday deal or something like that. Yeah, I already have these twelve games that I can play. I mean, on yeah, it. that's genius. Actually. Why not? Yeah. You know, hundred percent. I hope they do do that. Because that would help me uh, finally get one. That's right. Probably right before they discontinue it. <laughs> uh, episode 252, the 90th Academy Awards, 2018, and tons of video game news. Lots of that news. I can't wait, actually, for... Uh, I mean, just because I enjoy doing it. The uh, um, We always do the AMC Best Picture nice. Showcase, where we marathon all the Best Picture nominees. It's a lot of fun. It's awesome. Know, There's I now AMC hope. theaters like all around you too. Like maybe one in your town. Right? I know it could be in Murfreesboro this yeah, time. Yeah, rather than having to like drive a yeah. little ways. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, I'd be totally down with that. Yeah. Um. Well, and, you know, last year was the first time year we were able to go. You know, just half an hour away. So it's awesome. Um. Episode two fifty three was Tomb Raider review. I guess we're talking about the movie there. I actually I love that's a great movie. It's a really and good Toys movie. R Us closing. Man, like Ugh. this is. All, that was in March. This I still see seem like March either. I still see the sign like this Christmas. Whenever I was doing some Christmas shopping, the sign in like Cool Springs or whatever, like it's still lit up. Yeah, and I was just like, oh. I know. Episode two. I don't know why. I don't know why is it still lit up. That's amazing. I think it's tied to all of the signs over there. So <laughs> if they like turn off one, they turn off them all. Yeah. Episode two fifty four Pacific Rim Uprising review and the Sea of Thieves release. Um, I kind of miss the of Sea of Thieves, and I know I've said that before. There's been there's a huge update. Um, but it actually forces you to reinstall the entire game. 
I mean, does your progression carry over though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, it's, it's all in there. But like again, like it's just like you have to re-download and install the entire game again. That's fine because Whatever. there's a big update. Uh, ready. Uh, episode two fifty five was our Ready Player One review, and Adventures on the High Seas in Sea of Thieves, and that gets us through two fifty five. We will talk about two fifty six through two seventy next week. Boom. You can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. Always online. <clears throat> oh, also on Stay in Target Pod. <laughs> Please go to your podcast service of choice. <laughs> it sounded like whenever I cleared my throat that I was like, <laughs> meaning that, you, oh, you, you missed something there. Yeah. But that's not what it was. I was literally uh, just <laughs> clearing my throat. That's fine. <laughs> Review us. Tell all your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.